Hello and welcome to Roll with Raya, the podcast that celebrates self-development and learning. I am your host, Araya, and every week I'll be hosting unfiltered interviews with people I admire and believe we can all learn from. I choose to fulfill my ikigai and add value to the world in the way I know best, quality conversations. I hope these conversations add value to you on your self-development journey. Hi guys, and welcome to Real with Raya, the podcast to celebrate self-development and learning. I am Araya, and today I have Kemka. <laughs> um, clap, I don't know. Wait, you know, clap. usually when you listen to like the podcast, like you hear something in the background, it's like, so I'm just like, where's the claps? But it's like, oh, just sorry. us here. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Hi, welcome. This is Real with Araya. My name's Kemka, and... Yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> I'm very happy to have you. Kemka is a fashion, art, film and portraiture photographer. His work has been featured on Vogue, the British Journal of Photography, BBC, The Guardian, The Financial Times, ID, Arsenal Team and even commissioned for the English Heritage Project. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Thank you. Thank you. Um, first of all, disclaimer before anyone kind of comes to my neck. The Vogue thing, it's, what's it called? It's Photo Vogue, which mm. is basically, it's not like, when you say Vogue, people assume it's like, you know, the front page of the magazine and stuff. It's not actually that. They have like a online division. Yeah. Which but is you're called, literally on the website. Like as of yesterday, I Googled you and like, you're still there. I came up. Yeah, like Vogue, like Crazy. you're on there. It Crazy. says like portrait of photography, Kemka Ajoku. I haven't checked in like a long time, so I didn't know yeah. if it would still be no, like a thing. That's cool. Anyone wants to check? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, that's where I've had my work shown, I guess. And um, yeah, just trying to you know keep you're it so cool. Humble. You know, it is. I feel like I'm just I'm mad shy right now, so I feel like. After like 20 minutes, you're just yeah. going to see me like standing on the surface and stuff. So, <laughs> But um, no, thank you. It's really weird to hear like the stuff you've done before yeah. read back to you. So yeah. that was quite nice to hear. Out of all the features that you've had, which one has been your favorite? Oh, favorite in terms of what? Like the work that was made or like the actual like... I guess both. We could do like the work that was made and also which one meant the most to you. I think, okay, well, I think it's easier for me to say the one I meant the most because I'll okay. say probably Days Magazine mm. um, because that was the one that actually did the profile on me, you know, rather than like me taking pictures of maybe someone or something else and that being showcased and then it's like that by me. It was yeah. just like a, they had like a little series on different creatives that they did every issue and um, they had me interviewed and stuff and like... I think it was last summer's issue. There's like a page of just me and like questions that I answered on this. So that was pretty cool. Mm. Um, in terms of work, I don't really know. Sometimes they're different. Like I do a lot of work that no one ever sees. Usually if the subject matter I feel just isn't engaging to like what I usually do or the audience I work, like that sees my work, you yeah. know, I just tend not to showcase it. But yeah, I think the coolest one I've done probably I did something with the tape for the New York Times. Mm. So they have every year they have... Oh, yeah. I yeah. saw that, actually. You posted it, like, in December, right? Or was it December? It was, like... January? No, no, no. It was way before. It was, this was, like, was October, November, maybe. Oh, I think okay. November. Was it before I reached out to you? I f- so. Around that time, anyway. I think, because I remember you posting it, and I was like, oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, yeah. every year they have this... Um, the Tate Modern uses the 
turbine hall, which is like the main entrance, which is like a big just space of just like air, literally. And they have an artist who use the space and make work there. So um, literally days, days before it was completed, they asked me to come and photograph it as an installation. And I just happened to meet the artist, El Anatsui, who was still kind of working on it days before it was supposed to be oh, launched. Wow. So I was able to photograph him, speak with him and also his work. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, before we get into like the main episode, play a little game. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know what it is? Before we started, I was like, you know what? I want to come with like the purest of, not hearts, but like, you know, I just didn't want to know what I was walking into. Yeah. So I intentionally didn't watch the full episodes. Oh. Just the like snippets that you post. Okay, okay. Just so that like I'm not coming with some like. Preconception. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. That's like, I that. You know, I was just like, yeah, let me, if we're being real, then let's be, you know, (laughs) it's not fake and rehearsed with Ryan, it's real, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. Um, Okay, so, well, it's pretty simple. I just have a list of questions that I have on my phone, not relating to the podcast. Sure. So pick, since I know the questions, pick two numbers between one to 20, one for me and one for you, and then I'll answer questions allocated to the number. When's your birthday? Of April. Okay, so four and fourteen. Ooh. <laughs> okay, which one's for me? Which one's for you? Oh, good question. Um, seeing as you're fourteen, fourteen's for you, four's for me. You're in trouble. <laughs> I better <laughs> check this like, for you. Better not actually, like choose another. Uh, I'll mm. tell you off camera, but yeah, I haven't looked at these um questions in okay. a while. So, fourteen is describe your relationship with yourself in one word, and. Four is, what is the most challenging relationship in your life right now? Are you fighting for it? Good question. I don't really have any tough relationships. I don't know. I'll say there's a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's somebody who, I guess, thinks I'm in the wrong for something that I, technically I'm not in the wrong for. And like... It's weird because I reached out to reconcile, but like they weren't on that time. So it's just very much like, uh, okay, when they're ready to and everything. But like, I literally didn't do anything wrong, Shia. That's on camera. Like my hands are clean. <laughs> but yeah, generally, like I don't really have any bad relationships with anyone. Like, even if I feel like a relationship will end, I always do whatever I need to do to make sure it ends on like civil terms. Mm. You know, I hate having like a lingering or somebody just having a bitter taste in their mouth when they yeah. think of me, you know, like mm. that's one thing I just never like to do. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, actually, because I don't know, opposite to you, I'm very, like, at peace with, because I feel like when I'm in a situation or I'm in, like, a relationship with anyone, like, mm-hmm. friendship, romantic, mm-hmm. whatever, I always go into it with, like, the purest of hearts, and I'm always, like, true to myself. Mm-hmm. So, however it ends, I just don't really care how you... Real shot. Sure. That's actually really good. Me, because I feel like... I know what it is. You know what it is. I need to do more of that. It's kind of like that. But I guess because life is so uncertain, it's always good to, you know, make sure you leave things on like a positive space. That's actually very true because I feel like for the longest, I was such a people pleaser. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I just had to make sure like, not even that like, I'll ask people for a good, like, I would know or not, whatever. Yeah. But, like, I just wanted to always make sure that, you know, things were good. Yeah. And um, it would come at a cost of me kind of sometimes having to bend backwards to make sure that the person's fine. Yeah. And it's like, there was one day I just kind of woke up and was like, you know what? 
I don't really care anymore. Like, yeah, I shouldn't really, but I'm trying to get used to that. So mm. not caring and just kind of knowing that, okay, so long as I know I wasn't wrong or yeah. I'm not a bad person or I don't look to, you know, do any wrong to anybody then. Yeah. Whatever anyone thinks of me is not really important after yeah. that. So self ease for doing that. I know. I think it takes a while. I wasn't always like this, but I think I just got to a point where I was just like, it is when it is. It's tiring as well, you know, when yeah. you have to like... And also like, I just feel like it's unfair to the other person to like mm. always trying to like, you know, make, fix things and like always trying to make sure things are okay. I feel like two people should be accountable. Yeah. You know, if obviously it's circumstantial, but if someone deserves an apology, they deserve an apology. But mm. I feel like in some situations, it's not even necessarily about who's right and wrong. It's just about perspective. Yeah. And sometimes some people just can't shift their mind from their own perspective to see other people's perspective. Very true. And it's just exhausting to try to always like change people's perspective and narrative. Like, mm. I just feel like, oh my God, okay. I agree. If I you feel, want to think that, then... I feel like for me, it's not even about he said, she said. It's right. more so like, I've really learned that different friendships have different dynamics, you mm. know? Like, I would say, if somebody asked me, like, who's your best friend? I would name my friend Uche, right? But I've not spoken to him in about, properly, like, in a year. But when we jump on a call, because he lives in America now, but we went to uni together in Nigeria. So when we jump on a call, we literally catch up for, like, five, six hours, mm. literally. And, like, we just... Yeah. But, like, it's a thing where, okay, when we got the call, there's a chance we might not speak for like another six months and we're both cool with that, yeah, you know? Yeah, it's like very low maintenance. It's very low maintenance. And like, I feel like there's so many people who, if I've had like a really good close relationship consistently for some time and then like a period of time passes, I'm just there like scratching my neck, like what, mm, like what's going on? Like yeah, why are we, you yeah. know? But like, it's just a thing where it's like life, isn't it? Like yeah, you're yeah. so stuck in, like, I was so stuck in my head where I was like thinking, oh, this person hasn't, you know, I haven't heard from them or anything. Like, I'm smelling, like, you know, duh, 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 duh. and then when I, you, <laughs> you know, it's like, I was kind of like, like, did I do something? And then when um, I now kind of like ask them, like, yo, what's up? Like, you good? We haven't yeah. heard. You just realize that like people are just going through so much stuff on that. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, like, I shouldn't have entered this with such a narrow mindset mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just like a very self centered one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's different dynamics with different people. So I'm learning how to kind of, Balance that, so yeah, going well so far, I guess. Love that, love that. My question, because I've already forgotten, was describe your relationship with yourself in one word. One word. I know that's kind of hard. I would say it's very peaceful. I was going to say the same thing. Stop it! I swear, peace was the word that was in my head. What? You know, have you seen that video on Twitter of that guy who's in his like apartment and then he gets like a fake text from a girl saying, oh, what are you doing today? He's like, nothing much. He's like, do you want to come over? Do you want me to come over? He's like, no, I'm at peace. And he now starts making like the hooker. You haven't seen it? No. Oh my God, it's the funniest thing ever. It's like really corny, but like basically the idea is that somebody wanted to come over to his house and chill with him or whatever. And like, he was like, no, like I'm at peace. And then like, he's just like a little monster. You know, this tripod that guy's yeah, like, yeah, 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 it's just him just doing like self-care and like, you know, enjoying his space. And I was, everybody was laughing at him like, this is so corny. But I was like, real shy, like, you know, when I'm by myself and like, I just, I do the most relaxing things to make me just yeah. like, you know, at peace. So yeah. peaceful is the word. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely where I'm at now. Like, mm. it's just very simple. Work, podcast, <laughs> beauty, family, mm. God, friends. Like, it's just, it's just very And you're peaceful. doing all of those things really well. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm trying to 
prioritize those things because mm. I feel like at the end of the day, that's what matters. So, yeah. I'll How did you get into mine. podcasting? You know what? I've always, well, naturally, I just love talking. Like, Same. I'm that friend, like, I will call you at eight o'clock in the morning and I'm ready to talk, which is why I laughed when you were like, <laughs> you know, when I asked you what time you wanted. Mm-hmm. Obviously, at the weekend, it's like 2 p.m. is fair enough. Yeah. But I have a friend that every Saturday morning, we like, for at least two hours. Wow. And we just like talk, we catch up. So we won't talk like throughout the week, but then Saturday mornings, because mm. she lives in Nigeria, and then we'll just like catch up. So I don't know, I've always been, I love conversations. I love listening to other podcasts as well. Mm. I'm a huge fan of just the art of podcasting. It's an art, by the way. It's not just what you see on Twitter. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. And I used to have a YouTube channel, and I would also do like, like sit down videos as yeah. well, like lifestyle videos and like. Well, the lifestyle stuff was cool, but it's not really like me. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love beauty, fashion, lifestyle mm. and all of that. But I really like just like conversations, like mm-hmm. quality conversations. And I just felt like I've learned so much from other people. And I learned through other people. So I never really wanted it to be about me. I'm more so curious about different people. Yeah. And I just wanted to like pick their brain. Well, I'm going to pick yours today too. Because oh. I mean, I feel like, you know, we <laughs> should know the... What's the word? Podcaster or podcastee? Mm. Or, but like, very much like, you know, it's you and I in this today. It's mm. not just you asking me this stuff. Like, I'm going to yeah. definitely try and pick your brain and see how you think about stuff. So be prepared. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I am happy to answer any questions. So when I reached out to you, you were in Lagos. Yeah. Or you were just about to go? I can't remember. I'm probably just about to go. Okay. It must have been before Christmas, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I was yeah, just about yeah, to it go. Was, yeah, it was before Christmas. So how was that? How did you find Lagos? Fun. I was there before this one that I went, which was like Boxing Day till the end of January. I was there in May slash June for work. And I was there for three weeks. And it was a great time because it was the first time I was ever in Nigeria and it wasn't for school, Mm. you know? So like, usually the plan was when I go to Nigeria, I'll spend maybe like a week in Lagos, you know, then then I'll go to uni. Then after uni or the semester's done, I'll go back to Lagos for a few days before my flight back to London, you know? So there was never really a time where I can actually like enjoy Lagos. Yeah. So when I went earlier in May, I'm doing the podcast, the hand thing yet. Um, <laughs> when I went in May, um, it was great. I was there for three weeks. Okay. So I felt like, you know, I had quite a bit more time than I usually do. Did things, but then I left feeling like I wish I did other things. You know, mm-hmm. I just had, like I did certain things or, yeah. And I feel like all the things I've always wanted to do while in Lagos, I was able to do. Like what? Um, when I went in May, I didn't go to the beach. I did that twice when I went. And not like Elagushi Beach, you know, like like an, like I went to Elashe Beach for the first time. I didn't even know we had like that much space mm. by the beach. You know, then I went to Takwa Bay, which I always wanted to do, but like I just never knew where the hell it was or how to get there. So mm. it was something I did this time. Spending good quality time with friends over there, you yeah. know. Where I didn't feel like, oh, I was scheduling you into yeah. my like, you know. Oh, I hate when you get You know what I mean? Bad. I was like just chilling like yeah. we don't have to have an agenda like maybe we can go here or go there but like we can just kind of you know chill and actually just enjoy each other's company yeah. you know so that was fun I made work there which is always great and it was like a good mix of partying and rest mm. you know like 
that I intentionally wanted to stay here for Christmas because my family, we all live here. So I was like, Christmas Day, going to, you know, enjoy Christmas in London because I hate spending Christmas alone. Yeah. I've done it once. I mean, I was, with my, I was with my uncle and their family, but like, you know, it's not like direct family. So like, and I'm not going to do that. Going to enjoy it with my family. Then the day after, literally go to Lagos, catch that last week of December, and then like January, just kind of rest and, you know, mm. work and all of that. So I was able to get like a good balance of both. Yeah. So happy about that. That's good. So I know like you grew up here and then you went to Union. How did that come about? Like, Because <laughs> it's usually like the other way. Like Usually, yeah. Yeah. Everybody does that way mm. around. I think it's a thing where growing up, you know, my parents moved to London literally the year I was born. So like a few months before I was born. And... I just always had this, you know, understanding of Nigeria based on like what my parents would talk about, like, you know, yeah. watching AIT or BEN. I don't know if they're still running now. I don't know. I know AIT <laughs> might be BN, very, very old school. And then like Nollywood, you know, just kind of like that was my idea. But I don't know, something in me just kind of wanted to like experience Nigeria like firsthand, you know. Oh, so it was your choice? Uh, technically, I mean, so it was a thing where we wanted, the plan was for me to go during secondary school. That was like an idea oh, okay. that we had in mind. But um, my mom's a private tutor. So she kind of taught me into like a good grammar school in London. Mm. So it was a thing where it was like, um, we don't want to miss up this opportunity yeah. by ditching all of this and going to Nigeria. Yeah. You know, let's see, like maybe after secondary school, you know, we can see if you still want to do it in like university or something like that. And then, um, yeah, it was just a thing where like secondary school, I was kind of coasting with this idea that like I probably will go to Nigeria for uni and stuff like that. So when the time came, it was just like, I was still very much like 50-50 on it, you know, but like, I was just like, let's just, let's just do it. And just, you know, it's better to do that than finish uni here in the UK or and then feel like, okay, I sh- still don't know anything mm. about our country. And I feel like a lot of people nowadays are playing catch up. A lot of braps, a lot of... Oh, do you know what's crazy? I was going to ask, I swear. <laughs> I'm not a if, brap. <laughs> I was going to ask Camera you. one, camera two. I don't know if camera three can see me. I'm not a brap. Please let it be on record. I'm not a brap. <laughs> I may say in it every now and again, I'm but I'm not a brat, please. I was literally <laughs> going to ask you, like, because for you, where do you feel like you fitting? Or do you feel like you're just, because you've had a good balance because you're mm. an adult when you went to Nigeria. Cause, so I think it's I mean, I was different. technically, I was, how old was I? I was... I think you're 18 when you go to uni, no? Yeah, but Nigeria uni doesn't start oh, at 18. Oh, that's true. I finished GCSEs and went straight to Nigeria. I didn't do oh. A-levels. So I was like 15, 16. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I thought it was like... <laughs> no. You did six form here and nah. then, okay. By, by the time you're supposed to go into uni here, I was already entering my third year of uni. And uni there was five years for me because I did engineering. Right. So I was like 15, 16. Yeah. It was very interesting. Very much like a deep end experience. <sighs> I had to learn everything from scratch. Mm, I can imagine. Yeah. And it was it was fun. I mean, don't get me wrong, there were times it was very tough. It was jarring. It was annoying sometimes. You know, you talk and then people would be like, speak English. And I'd just be like... But um, it was a fun experience. I don't regret it whatsoever. So happy about it. Would you, like, if you had children, well, I don't know if you want children, but if you had oh, children, yeah, I would love yeah. children. When you have children, do you want them to kind of have that same experience? It's a conversation I have about, I have with myself all the time, where it's like, first and foremost, where will my children grow up? Yeah. You know? 
every corner of this earth has a comma. And the three main options are the UK, the US, and Nigeria. You know, yeah. but every every corner of the earth has yeah. something about them. But I definitely would want my children to do some form of education in Nigeria. Yeah. Just so that they understand it, you know. Because my biggest fear was I don't want to be... I don't know, in my mid-30s. And then my kids are like, Daddy, we want to go to where you're from. I land in Matala Mohammed, and then I'm just there like, you know, like... Clueless. Literally, yeah. like, it's not... I don't feel like it's a good look. Mm. And I, like I said, I see it now where so many people now are like, oh, Nigeria is this, Nigeria, we need to go, we need to... And they get there and they're just like... So many of my friends from here went to Nigeria this December. Yeah. And they'll be at like events and they'll just be so bored, sat down because they just don't know anyone. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's, I just... It's a real, like... It's weird though because I'm sure some of them are Nigerian. So it shouldn't be a culture It's like an shock, identity crisis. It, it, that's a good word. It it's is an identity, identity crisis. crisis. Because yeah. here you're not made to feel like you're British. Yeah. You go there and then you feel like you're not Nigerian. And that was something I experienced at 15, 16 so when I kind of, you know, broke out of that mold, I, I'm not saying I'm like, like I'm like every other Nigerian that yeah. lives in Nigeria, but like I have a firm understanding mm-hmm. of the way to do things. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of happy with that balance. But yeah, I do feel like I've always been a bit of a chameleon where I've mm-hmm. had to kind of just see myself in a certain space and just kind of um, not necessarily fit in, but just kind of adapt to the way things are yeah. in that space. So, Would you ever live in Nigeria? Live knowing that is not the end goal. <laughs> really? I don't know Sha, because different times of like you know if I'm like in my 60s or stuff and like I could I could live in Nigeria if it's like a lot better than what it is now yeah. but I wouldn't mind like a three to six month stint yeah. you know yeah I wouldn't mind it I do feel like it can be a bit of a retreat there's so many things that just the, the weather's great yeah. the water's great the food is the great the food is great and just being sorry in the space where you just see people that look like you mm. it's just a comforting thing you know you don't it gives feel you confidence as well. yeah like yeah. don't get me wrong I'll still walk people do say that like you know they'll walk and they'll know that I'm not from yeah, here yeah. but like I definitely feel a bit more comfortable just kind of just being out and just yeah. you know being free in Nigeria so live hmm still up for debate but I definitely would want my kids to spend some form of their education in Nigeria, whether it's secondary or university, probably secondary school, to mm. be honest. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. So one of the things I love about the story is that you're self-taught. Yes. And I was listening to a podcast you did with the BBC Cultural Frontline. Yeah. Oh, wow. You listened ago. to that. Of course I did. <laughs> and you said wow. you... <laughs> You like to joke that you went to YouTube University because yes. everything you learned is from YouTube. Yes. And I related because I literally feel like YouTube kind of raised me as well. Mm. Just because as a media lover, I've always loved like, you know, the media and the internet from a very young age. Mm. So I was naturally very curious. Like I found lots of my favorite artists by myself from YouTube. Real. But also, like, I learned how to do my makeup from YouTube. I learned how to oh. cook from YouTube. I learned how to edit videos. Cooking from YouTube is crazy. Yeah. Edit videos on YouTube, like yeah. even things like just setting up like my camera, for example, like my mm. vlogging camera when I used to vlog. So yeah, like I really related to that. And I feel like a lot of people around our age now are starting to are starting to get to a point where instead of like, you know, investing this money in like some form of like training, mm. it's like you're investing in yourself and you're taking that power back and mm. like teaching yourself everything that you know. So how was that for you? Like, 
everything from YouTube investing? So, yeah, I feel like the way I stumbled upon it was I was in my third year of university. Second year was a rough year. Because <laughs> um, I don't know if you know of Covenant University, which is the school I went I to. Do. Yeah, I'm not going to say too much on it. But <laughs> I remember after second year finished, you know, I lost so many friends. Most of them I ever got expelled, suspended. Oh, wow. On probation or they decided just to transfer. So... And I literally did not drop out, not drop out, but I did not enter that field of people, literally mm-hmm. by the skin of my teeth. Um, oh, so you were like... <laughs> <laughs> you know what, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what it is? It's just one of them things where it's like, <laughs> school was tough. Um, yeah, it was just one of those things where like... <laughs> I don't want to say I was mixed with the wrong crowd because they were, they were all good people. Right. But it was a thing where it's just like, yeah, I was definitely in those mixes where like... If they kind of gathered all of us together and I was part, I would have definitely, you know, been in that kind of. But at the same time, I also knew how to like play the game of the university. Yeah. You know, there were some people who were very much like, um, I don't care that, you know, F the system, da, 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 I'm going to do my own thing. Da, da. And I was like, that's cool. But like, you, you know, they, they're going to catch you out. You know, you know, you need to know who to talk to about things a certain type of way. Mm. And everyone did that. But anyway, I, yeah. Entered third year, a lot of my friends had left. I was kind of bored because I was studying engineering and there's not really much you can do with engineering in your spare time. So I remember I was in my hostel and I was roommates with this guy who was a couple years older than me. He was supposed to be in final year, but he was on probation. So he was redoing another year and he was now roommates with me. And normally it's like not usually the norm to be in the same room with somebody who's in a different level, which is like a different oh, year. Okay. Yeah. So he was very much like annoyed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I felt very weird because it was very much like I've never really had like an older person living with me. But Are you the first child? I'm the middle child. Sadly. I mean, not sadly, but like we have our perks. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, he was my roommate and he obviously would always, he was a music, he was a rapper. Was like, he used to make music. So he used to have like all these kind of creative friends come to his room. Two of them being Femi Johnson and Chukan Wobi. I quote them because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be doing photography today. So I remember we would just be in our rooms, just talking, listening to music, watching videos. They put me onto like so many different artists and stuff like that. This is about 2017. So I remember I had like an iPod, which I would use to take pictures just casually. You know, when you had like a VSEO account, like you just like edits and stuff. So I just used to take pictures very casually. Was doing it from secondary school. So it was just very much like a casual hobby I like to do. And they would go and look at like, go through my iPod and look at the photos I was taking. And they were like, oh, like these are really good. You should learn how to, you know, use a camera. Right. So I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, cool. If I start shooting with a camera, I have to start shooting people, which I'm kind of scared about. But let me learn how to, like, let me at least learn how to use a camera or like what I need to learn about a camera because they're quite technical. So I just thought, you know, let me just go on YouTube and just learn the basics of like photography. And um, I would download videos because the Wi-Fi in the hostel was terrible. So during the day, I would go to like, you know, my lecture halls and stuff. And I'll just be on my laptop downloading like YouTube videos. Oh, so you can watch them. So I can go back and like when I'm eating, when I'm doing like, 
possible assignments when I'm ironing or that I could just be watching videos. And it was a thing where like, if you've watched everything, you just keep re-watching them, yeah. you know? So I learned pretty much the very basics from that. Looking back now, I feel kind of like it's counterproductive because I feel like I, because I was learning on YouTube, I felt like I needed to learn twice as hard as someone who would have went to school because mm. it's like, I don't really know, like the knowledge, the knowledge I'm learning is not very, it's not like a school level. Yeah. But that made me so like technical. Right. That like now I'm trying to unlearn some of those things so I can be a bit more creative. I feel like it's very hard to be creative and technical at the same time. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So nowadays I still see a lot of that technical thing in my work and I'm just mm. like, I need to kind of, you know, be a bit more free when I'm working. Like so. just have fun with it. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I had like hundreds of gigabytes of YouTube videos on my laptop. By the time I finished, so it was yeah. from watching YouTube and stuff like that that I kind of gained an understanding. That's really interesting. So, do you like go back and still watch YouTube videos now? Uh, no. So, do you feel like you've mastered? It's not about mastering. It's just a <laughs> thing where it's like the things I want to learn now they're not on YouTube. Right. Like what? Just more about the industry, you know. Okay. You, like they won't. You won't see YouTube videos on how to kind of do certain things because it's very much like no one really kind of provides that information free willingly. Right. And plus in that stage of your career, people's paths are very different. So there isn't one way. Like obviously there's one, there's a way to take a picture or get the settings to take a picture. That one's universal. Everyone can learn that. But like when it comes to a career path, the creator career path is very diverse. Like there's not going to be like a YouTube video on how to do it. Mm. So that's what I'm navigating on my own. But um, yeah, looking back now, some of the YouTube videos are also really like corny as well. <laughs> like the photography, like the type of picture they take, you know, they're very, very like TikTok-y. <laughs> you know, like when you have like a puddle on the floor mm-hmm. and like you take the camera and like, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to learn those ones. But um, okay, you're coming in today. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, like I've kind of, I've understood, I know the type of work that I like. Right. I know the type of work I like to make. And um, there comes a point in time where it's like, okay, you finish now, just go and do your own thing, you know? So Yeah. But um, yeah, YouTube is great. I feel like I need to learn. There's some things I need to learn, actually, that YouTube would help with in terms of like post-processing and, you know, the more technical sides of editing that I still have a lot to learn about. But when it comes to the very basic stuff, I feel like, yeah, I've kind of established that. Yeah. So. I want to touch on like gatekeeping information. Mm. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> yeah, just because you touched on that in yeah. terms of like the things you want to learn now and not on YouTube. Mm. And I feel like this is why I guess TikTok is great because a lot of people, I'm not even like a huge like TikTok user. Like, I. It's okay there's, to be. No, there's nothing wrong <laughs> with it. But I'm just saying the reason why I'm not is because honestly, like, when I'm on there, I can be on there for two and a half hours straight. Yeah. Like, even last night, I was literally there and I was like, wait. You know what it is? My sister bed. was always telling me, like, you know, just... She wasn't telling me to just go on YouTube, but like, not YouTube, um, TikTok. But I'll just be like, I've had TikTok on my phone for two years and I've never spent more than five minutes at a time on it, you know? Until one day, it was just like, the algorithm finally clicked. No, they like, know, like, they know... You, let me tell you how, because I love sleeping. Like, I love naps. Same. I have been getting TikToks on like how to 
better your naps. Like the best time to take a nap. Like really, it's so granular and it's so like this is for me. I said mm. to my friend Stephanie, and she was literally dying because she was like, "It's the way they know like you." Yeah, and I don't know. It's no shade. Like I love TikTok, but I just have to manage my time. So that's the reason why I try not to like go deep into it. But one of the things that's so great about it is that a lot of people are very willing to like share information and give free game. Mm. But I guess, you know, it's still social media. You're still speaking to strangers. So there mm. is a cap on that. So in your experience in like the industry, have you found like people that are really like willing to just give you information? And how's that been? You know what it is? I was actually telling my friend about this either yesterday or two days ago. For me, because I literally started out taking pictures in the middle of nowhere in Nigeria. When I came back to the UK after finishing, I didn't know anybody in any sort of creative field or any sort of like, you know, quote unquote industry. So I had to kind of navigate that my own way. And I didn't really have, I don't want to say like I didn't have, because that would definitely do a huge disservice to a lot of people who helped me out. But like, I really didn't have somebody that I can just kind of run to who's had like years of experience and like you know so like a lot of it was navigating my own way like the camera I use today I stumbled across it watching a random YouTube video Mm. I I was like what's this camera it looks weird watched more YouTube videos on that stayed up till like 3am I was like you know what I'm gonna buy this camera today I was like you know what I'm gonna sleep on it because you can Mm. be very impulsive woke up at like 5am that same morning and bought it you know what I mean but it's like going back to that idea of like giving free game. I didn't really have anybody who I could just kind of ask a million questions and they'll give me like a million and one answers. Yeah. So when people do ask me, I tend to kind of try and at least, you know, provide them with what I know. Yeah. Understanding that like, I don't know everything and what works for me may not work for you. And I'm not saying take it word for word or whatever, do as I say, but like, this is what happened, you know? Yeah. So I do that because I understand the frustration of having these questions and not having anyone to kind of run to. Yeah. And then at the same time, knowing that, you know, the way the world works, if you know, if you help somebody, somebody will help yeah. you, you know? So yeah, it's just kind sure. of a thing where it's like, there's some things that I would say I do prevent people from knowing. Like what? I mean, it's not about preventing, but it's like one question I really don't like is that whole like, oh, I really like love the work you do, da, 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 da. What camera do you oh, use? And I'm yeah. like, bro, when you say that, like, I get what you're trying to do, but it yeah. also comes across to the person that the only reason the work is good is because of the camera you mm, use. Ooh, you know what that's I mean? A good point. It's yeah, like, yeah. you wouldn't ask an artist, yo, bro, like, what brush do you mm. use to make that stroke on the painting? Mm. Like, That's actually a good point. You know what I mean? Because yeah, when, no, when it comes to art, I just feel like there's certain things you should know how to do. And then when it comes to creating your own voice in the creative world and what you leave an impact on in the world, that's very much an individual journey that you have to take. Yeah. You know, so maybe the camera you use now is a, as a result of you experimenting with 10 other different cameras until you came to this one. You're like, mm. this is the one I want, you know? Mm-hmm. So for somebody to now just kind of walk along and just be like, oh, what do you do? I want to, you know, it's yeah. just kind of like... It's a bit lazy. That's what I was I going feel to like say. It's, yeah, it's I lazy. feel like... What you said was great because I didn't even think of it that way mm. in the sense of like, you're not going to ask an artist like, you know, what brushes sure. you use. But yeah, I do feel like sometimes there's a thin line between like wanting mm. to be curious and also just like 
you know, putting in the work. Yeah. Like Kim Kardashian said, nobody wants to work. <laughs> we all have, like, what, 24 hours? We all have the same 24 hours. No, like, I'm joking, by the way, I'm joking. But, is it, but it's a thing where it's like, yeah. okay, like, some, there's some people who do ask, and I know it's coming from not a place of replication or just mm. laziness, but like they're kind of intrigued. Judging the situation, I would answer, but like a lot of the times I just feel like it's not really what you're looking to get isn't what you should be looking to get, mm. you know? You should kind of take that path on your own and come to a conclusion. Yeah. But to each their own show. You know how like different producers have like different tags at the start of the song? Is is it London? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. What do you think makes like a Kemka shot like that is just like stamped? I feel like it's not for me to know. I feel like it's for other people to tell me. But um, it's funny you say that because when I was taking pictures in uni, like all the photographers would have like their their name like watermarked on it, and I was like, I refuse to do that, Mm. you know, because one, I just found it a bit corny. And two, I just had this idea that, like, you should be able to know a picture that I took by looking at it, you know? I'm very particular on composition, which is one of the things I'm trying to kind of unlearn because it kind of makes it a bit static when when you obey the rules of composition. Color. Color is another thing. I was going to say, I feel (laughs) like one thing that stands out is, like, color. I spend hours on color. Hours, hours, literally like I'll be editing and then like it'll just be like sliders like minus 10, minus 12, minus 11. Hmm. And it's very like technical when you now change something else, it affects other Mm. things. And like I spend so much time literally glued to my laptop just looking at that. I go to bed, wake up, look at it again. Okay, no, this needs changing. And I go with like the first thing that comes to my mind when I look at it with a fresh set of eyes. But yeah, I pay so much attention to color. I'm trying to learn color theory and understand it from a more scientific point of view and how certain colors make people feel. And, you know, if I'm trying to provoke or invoke a certain emotion onto yeah. the viewer, you know, how can I do that through things like color? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would like to think that. But generally speaking, I do want to, I would say it's not really about, I just wanted to kind of, I want people to feel a certain way when they see the work mm. and that feeling to be the signature. Do you mm, understand? I love that. Because, mm. you know, you know when you hear a song, you're just like, like, wow. That's a feeling. It's yeah. not nothing to do with the bass or the treble yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah. you just hear it and it's like, I felt this way. Yeah. And certain artists do that consistently with their music. I feel like the same thing with my work. I want that feeling to be there. You know, if I want it to be um, the feeling I want the viewer to feel. I love that. And a feeling can't be replicated. It can't. It can't. And I honestly believe that feeling is something that, especially when you see something for the first time, is real, Mm. you know? You can't fake a feeling like... So that first impression of when you see the work for the first time is something I pay a lot of attention to. Yeah. So I'll say that. I love that. But at the same time, I'm also submitting the fact that I can't dictate what the viewer feels or sees or you know how they take it so it's very much to them like I feel like there's a point in time where you have to give up the work and let it speak for itself and how the person sees it is just as valid as how you wanted them to see like feel it you know so um yeah I'll say that's that's hopefully the signature solid answer did you ever have like a season of waiting where you felt like 
<laughs> no, I love, no, no, continue, continue. <laughs> Did you have like a season of waiting where you were just creating great work and you felt like, although like I'm enjoying this, like it's not necessarily being like recognized, but I don't mm. know. Like, did you ever feel like that? One of the things that I'm very much always conflicted with when I'm, when it comes to my work or making work or sharing work is the fact that when people, I was telling my friend this as well the other day, like, isn't it crazy that we invest so much into like our time and craft only for like somebody to just go and that's yeah. it, you know? And it was very funny where I, sometimes the work that you do, that's like your personal work that like you kind of made from scratch, whatever you created everything. Sometimes that was overlooked. And then like that one picture that you just took in two seconds of a celebrity is now like the one that gets a lot of like attention and stuff like that. But I just learned that that's just like the psychology of people. They like seeing people they know and stuff. But I would say, yeah, I'm always in a state of feeling like, you know, I wish I had a greater audience to see my work and kind Mm. of digest it. I've learned to live with it a long time ago, you know? Yeah. When I was in uni, I I felt the same thing where it's like, the work I was making was very different to the work that photographers were making in uni, where it was very much studio lights and, you know, heavy retouching and all yeah. these things that I just wasn't really kind of connecting with. So um, one thing I always say is that the good thing about what good work is that it stands the test of time, you know? So, like, people may not really get it now, but, like, maybe one day they would. And you just never know when it will be. Yeah. And it could be a work you made the day before. It could be a work you made 10, 15 years before. But um, so long as you just keep on laying that foundation of, you know, yeah. good work, brick by brick, the structure is not going to fall. So yeah, I tend to be quite patient with that regard. And um, yeah, not really my focus. Yeah. I really love that you said that because that's something that I really strongly believe. And I try and like remind myself all the mm. time, not even just doing like, I guess like this podcast, but even just like at work. It's like, I went through a season where I felt like, oh my God, I don't necessarily feel recognized. Mm. And I'm not going to lie. I am someone that needs like positive affirmation. I need to be encouraged. I need acknowledgement. I need acknowledgement. Like I need, I literally need it. And I just like to feel like, you know what? Since it's not acknowledged, then I'm just not going to like care as much. And Mm. then I found myself just like still doing, you know, good. But I knew that I could put in so much more if I did feel acknowledged mm. and it was like clockwork I got my promotion and I was like oh my God. this was just literally what I needed because I was just thinking of like why am I even here like I yeah. started like questioning everything you never know I was gonna say because um I like to look at things I always say that everything in life can be looked at free football everything in life when I tell you Everything in life can be looked at through football. Okay. It's a thing where it's like, okay, now you're talking about that thing of um, feeling like, you know, you're waiting to be acknowledged or waiting for yeah. the work you put in to be kind of recognized. You just never know when that day is that you'll be recognized. The same way if you're a child who's in a smaller football academy, right? You never know the one game you're going to play that somebody who's watching you is going to yeah. be like, I need to sign that guy up yeah. for, you know? And it could be the first day you play. It could be late into like your youth mm-hmm. career you know yeah but that shouldn't stop you from playing at a certain like dropping to a certain exactly, level you know and exactly. it's very easy to do that when 
you feel like no one no cares one's watching. Okay. Yeah. So how do you, in those times where you feel like, you know, no one's kind of seeing the effort you're putting in, how do you maintain keeping things to a high standard? Because it's very easy to just be like, you yeah. know what, I'm just going to call off. No one cares anyway, you know. So how do you kind of keep maintaining a high standard? Hmm. Good question. I think for me, I like to just do everything with intention. Mm. I like to just draw it back. Like, forget what anyone else thinks. What do I think? Like, why am I doing this? At the end of the day, like, I signed up for instance of a job because I wanted to have a job. Not necessarily, this might not be my ideal job, but I see it as a stepping stone towards something else that's meant for me. And I think for me, it's just like always seeing the bigger picture and always just knowing that I'm doing it for the right reason. Mm. I feel like if you're doing something for the right reason, you will get the acknowledgement. And similar to how everything can be drawn, (laughs) you think everything can be drawn back to football. I always like to look at artists as a great example. Like, Mm. for example, I love Victoria Monet. I've loved her for so long. Shout out her, for real. Yeah. And now it's so funny, like... I was on Twitter and people were putting like for Moment, which is one of her old songs that was on like two EPs. Yeah, two EPs back. And love that song. And people are discovering it. And it's like, she didn't stop her greatness because people mm-hmm. were not watching. Now, new people are looking at all this catalogue of great music that they can enjoy for the first time. And they're literally catching on. Yeah. So it's always like they'll catch on. It's not That's about... Hard. Yeah, it's not about what they think. It's about what you think and why you're doing it. Because mm. I truly believe that if your intention is in the right place, then you can never, ever fail. Mm. Ever. And that's why it's important not to kind of... I really feel for people who are more like content creators mm. because they have to follow the trend, Yeah, you know? And for example, now, nobody today is going to blow up from a trend, a TikTok trend that was in 2020, you know? Like, you have to be recent and you have to be constantly doing it. So, like, I really acknowledge the work that they put in. Yeah. But it's very different from, like, a artist point of view where it's, like, if you do not subscribe to the trends of the world today, whether it's in art, whether it's in... I mean, fashion is different because mm-hmm. fashion's a bit more of an expression of, like, yeah. you know, the times and everything. But, like, if you just focus every day on making timeless work every single day you know, it stands the test of time. Yeah. It's just, it's a harder, it's a harder foundation to build on because Mm. the rewards aren't immediate. Yes. I think the hardest part is actually building the foundation. Because once you set that foundation and you just keep tunnel vision, Mm. I think it's just, the foundation is really where it's at. Because if the foundation is shaky, then... It's tough. It's tough, yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel anyway, so... Hmm. So I want to talk about some of your work. Okay. You were commissioned to do a project for the English Heritage. Mm. What was that like for you? I feel like today is still one of the best projects I've done for me because um, it was definitely very much a research project. And then also kind of like, like I learned more about myself and who I was and where I come from through that project. So the way it came about was during COVID times, 2020, lockdown and everything, I was in Nigeria. So I was supposed to, that was supposed to be my final year of uni. Okay. So I was there. I remember in your final year, you work on like a project, which is like a dissertation kind of thing. So during the like in-between semester break, 
I was supposed to go back to uni to work on my project because right. that's when you'd have all day to work on it. You don't have lectures and stuff like that. Yeah. So this was around March. So then um, there was this talk of this thing going on like around the world and, da, 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 and like it was weird. And obviously there weren't that many people in the school. So after a couple of days, they just said to everybody, like, you guys just go back to your houses. Like, we don't know what's going on. We don't know how long it's going to go on for, but... Wow. COVID. That yeah, was, it was, yeah, it was COVID. Okay. So it was like, while this thing is going on, just like, at least just stay in your house and just leave yeah. it on to them. So cool. I obviously couldn't fly back to London because I didn't know how long it was going to last. I didn't know whether it would go back to normal in a week, two weeks, three weeks. Like, yeah. I just didn't know. So um, I was in my friend Uche's house in Nigeria for lockdown. And obviously it went on way longer than everyone expected. And then around that time, the whole, you know, BLM thing happened where we had the march and like we had all the protests and the rioting in America. And during that time, obviously there was a lot of awareness put out on that. But there was also a lot of um, online, there was a lot of like resources educating people on black history. So I was learning so much about just like the slave trade, you know, how America was kind of built the civil rights movement, just kind of the, the timeline of events in America. Yeah. And I remember saying to myself, like, I'm so, it's so good that we have all this access to like resources and information about what's going on there. But what actually happened in the UK? You know what I mean? I was just kind of like, surely we need to have some sort of history, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I remember just being frustrated because I was like, where is this information? Like, yeah. why don't I have it? Like, I would connect more with what people were doing in the UK and I would in the US because I've never really lived in the U- I've never lived in the US. Yeah. I've only been there once when I was like a kid. Mm. So it's like, great, I see what you guys are doing over there, but like, I can't. I can't really, yeah. There's a certain disconnect I have. So I remember just kind of going down this rabbit hole of um, learning about Black British history or just wanting to, you know. I had this conversation with my friend Isabel. She's a photographer as well. And I was telling her that like, yo, like there's so much that like, went on in our history that I don't know about. Like mm. why? Like I was frustrated. So then there was this open call by this company called PhotoWorks that was working in collaboration with this institution called English Heritage. And they were like, we're going to make a project for young creative photographers to that deals with the idea of heritage. So I was like, okay, this is a perfect opportunity for me to explore what heritage is for me and, you know, being Black British growing up. Let me pitch this idea to them and, you know, make work that surrounds it. So that's what I did. I did an interview process. I basically told them that, like, this is what, how I got to this conclusion. Like, I want to, you know, use this opportunity to learn about my heritage. Mm. Um, I was selected out of, like, I think it was, like, 2,000 applicants. It could be 2,200. I can't remember, but I think it was quite, it was quite a lot of yeah. people, right? So then, um, yeah, I just did a project. And as I was going, doing the project, it was six months I did just researching. And then, like, the shoot was one day. Wow. So I was like, you oh, know. Oh, so you shot all of that in one day? All of it in one day. I, wow. Because what happened was during during the process, I had to go back to Nigeria for a month to wrap up some uni stuff, like clearances and all of that. Okay. Because I wasn't on ground, I yeah. couldn't. So I had to wrap all of that. So that was really like a, a dent in the timeline. But when I came back, it was like, okay, we only have a few more weeks to actually do this. Mm. And given the fact that the location was outside of London, the budget didn't allow me and about nine other people to spend more than one day there. Right. So it had to be done in one day. So, um, yeah, we did it. We shot it. But before then, like literally... Beautiful project, by the way. Thank you so much. Honestly, if anyone is watching, because 
when I was going to have you on, when Thomason told me about you, I shout did some Thomason. Shout out to Thomason. Because she literally sent, um, she sent your page to me and she was like, you should have him on Road with Raya. And I was like, oh, who is this? And then I went on your website and then I just started doing like a lot of research on you. And I was like, oh my God, his work is phenomenal. Like he's Wish perfect. <laughs> Thank Honestly, you. I was like, he's perfect for real with Raya. And then I started to do more research into like, also I want to touch on a lot of like your personal, the stuff you've done for other people is like great. Mm. But like your personal projects, I just feel like they are so good. Like the We're Not Workers, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that. that yeah. But yeah, like honestly, if you guys are listening or watching, I highly recommend you checking out his work because it's really good. Like he's Thank really you. beautiful. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, so it was a thing where like, as time was going on, I was working on this project. I was telling people about it. I remember one day I was just literally on YouTube. I'd watch a lot of like archival footage of like people and black people in Britain, mm. like the 60s or 70s. There was a documentary on like a housing estate in Tottenham. But it wasn't even to do with like the topics at hand. Was just, I mean, the topics were important too, but just kind of understanding how people looked, how they talked, right. how they acted, you know, the mannerisms and all of that. I just wanted to pick up on things and really kind of delves really deep into it halfway through the project I remember my dad just coming to me like he didn't say too much he just gave me like this really he gave me this like Sainsbury's bag you know those orange plastic bags mm-hmm. and inside was a photo book and it was full of pictures of my grandma mm-hmm. emo states back in like I was seeing dates on the back of like 40s 50s wow. you know like old pictures of just her people had no idea who they were my parents didn't know who they were but just like archival pictures yeah. so I referenced some of those in oh, the work wow. you know I just kind of like all these things just added layers to the project so that when it now finally came out it was like this is it you know but yeah it was one of my favorite projects because I, I was able to like really sit down with it and deep it and like research and just apply everything I learned into the images so yeah and unfortunately as great as your work was you faced some yeah you really did your research though. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god when I found out I was yeah. like it, would have, it was like it was me I was like do you know that, okay so let me tell you how I found out right I was sorry to anyone listening basically Kemka's work was vandalized and it was racially motivated mm-hmm. and he was targeted because the other that was yeah that was even like the physical like you didn't even, like there was so much stuff that happened online and stuff. okay so let me break it down for okay. you right so I did a project with three other people. They were all girls. I was the only guy on the project, on the like list of guys. One other girl was black and then two others were like, one was English and they were from like, from like East Asian descent or so. But there were like two black people, two white people. But my project was the only one that was really blatantly, obviously black. Right. Like it talked about black history. It talked about, you know, all the subjects were black people. And it was shot in one of the most like white spaces. Far away from London. Not far, but like away from London. Yeah. So English Heritage is an organization that they basically own a lot of like really prestigious locations in the country. So things like Stonehenge, right? they kind of oversee it. If it's like a really old heritage house, you know, yeah. they kind of like maintain it, use it as a tourist attraction, attract people to go there. So there's so many spots in the country that they're like owned by English Heritage. So for the project, they said, pick one and make a project around it. Right. I literally picked that one because it was the last one on the list in alphabetical order. It was like rest parks, it was W. 
So I was like, you know what? Let me not go from the, like, the very, everyone will do that. Let me just work from the back. Literally Googled that location. I was like, yep, found it. Don't need to check anymore. So when the project came out on English Heritage's Instagram account, they posted it and the comments went crazy. It was like, I've been a member of English Heritage for 40 years and now you guys are trying to like, you know, black, whatever, da, 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 da. like, this is not British. This is oh. the, And I was like, to me, <laughs> I was laughing my head off because I was like, I knew that this would like provoke this response in people. Yeah. It was just funny to see for me. Like, mm. never was I ever like, oh, you know, like, yeah. but it was a thing where like, obviously because it's an organization, you know, and people are behind it. Like they had to like talk to me about it. I had so many meetings about it. And I was like, it's fine. Like <laughs> if the work is creating this emotion in people, then I did something right. You know what and I mean? I have <laughs> to give you so much credit because also I know you touched on this on like the podcast. Mm. The way you handled it, yeah. honestly, I think it was so good, but also just a great example to other people that, I mean, everyone is different, you know, mm. but the main thing that really stood out to me about the way you handled it was, I don't want to give them that satisfaction. Yeah. And I feel like that is, that in itself is just like enough said because. Yeah. It wasn't even a thing of me not wanting to give it to them. I didn't have it to give to them. Right. You know what I mean? Like they definitely wanted me to feel some type of way. It didn't happen. Good. And even when I remember I was on my way to get my vaccine shot, and I think it was the second one I got. They called you, right? And they called me on the phone and they were like, and it was funny because they called, they got the one black woman in the organization to call me. So you can tell, like, and it was just like, I'm really, 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 really sorry. But, you know, during the night, some people came and like they vandalized it and like we already boarded it up. And I was like, okay, this is good. <laughs> it's one thing for people to hate online. But for them to hate in real life... Do you know how much energy that takes? Yo, to like literally... Because the venue, the location is big. People can decide to hide there overnight and sleep there. No one will know. Oh, wow. It's like you can't have somebody oversee every single square inch of the right, place. Right, right. So I don't know how they did it or what happened, but they said people broke into the location or they snuck in or whatever. And they like just used keys and just scratched it. They like wrote stuff on the faces and stuff like that. And I was like, Wow. And um, yeah, it was just one of those things where it's like, I was really happy in hands. Like, I was really happy that that happened because it was just like, okay, art can really invoke mm. somebody to go out and do that. Yeah. And like, I did that very well. So um, yeah, it was just one of those things like, I'm really not phased by it. I wasn't then, I'm not now. And if anything, I'm actually really happy it happened, you know, because it just showed me that the things that I'm talking about need to be spoken about because yeah, they still happen today. Exactly. You know, on the note. UK is so good at suppressing the racism that goes on. America, at least, you know, they will, you will see it there. Like it's there. People will talk about it. They acknowledge it. They know that they did it. They can't hide it. But the UK did it too. Just as bad. And mm. they're just so good at like, you know, oh, yeah. you know, it's not as bad as it is. At, trust me, it was terrible. You know? And it's still here. It's and still it's here. Institution, institutionalized as well. Like, the more you look, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like, it's actually crazy. And one thing I like the US, like, one thing I like about the US is that they have structure now where it's like, if we can't tell people, please hire black people, let's make it a law that you have to have this percentage, you know, it has to be this. So that even if you don't want it to, <laughs> it has to be, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, you can't just suggests some people to change you need to enforce it until mm -hmm. it becomes a norm mm -hmm. 20 years from now people would see it as a norm to have 
black people in spaces where they weren't before. Yeah. Because now it was enforced. Yeah, you know? it's mandatory. If yeah. you keep on just kind of nudging people to try it, it's not no, gonna happen. No, we need more than yeah, exactly. we need mandatory laws. So yeah. um yeah, I'm I'm happy with it, man, honestly. <laughs> God. I haven't spoken about this in a long time. Yeah, how many years ago was this? Four? Crazy, it's three years. So oh. 2020, and then like I made the project 2021. So three years, which is insane. So <laughs> we're all workers is another personal project of yours that mm. I just absolutely love. You took pictures of. I just love the story behind it as mm. well, and like I could really, I don't know, I really felt. Like when I was looking at this, um, the pictures of the locals, so mm. basically Kemper took pictures of locals in Nigeria at different locations. I think you had one of like people at a bus stop waiting. Yeah. And like they were just like different scenarios, but yeah. I felt like it just really captured like the essence of like like Nigeria in mm. the most like normal sense yeah. as well. Because when you think about Nigeria, it's like those are the things that will come to mind. Mm. And I love that you wanted to highlight that like in the image of God, it's like mm. we're all still just workers. Yeah. So one of the things that really just like jumped out to me was what gave you that idea and like what's your process like from conception to completion? I love the work I was making. I was just very, I don't want to say whimsical, but it's just mm. like, let me just take an image that looks good and just move on, you know? And um, when it came to personal work, I was always very much like, I don't know what to make. It was very, very personal, yeah. you know? But purely that project just came out of boredom. So I was in, that was after 2019, December. So 2019, I did my internship year in London. So that's when I started shooting on film. That's when I started, you know, kind of knowing what tools I liked to make the images I wanted to make. So I brought a bunch of film to Nigeria. I brought my camera to Nigeria for my final year because um, I actually wanted to shoot in the university with my oh, camera. But because of COVID, that never happened. So. When I came back, you know how I was telling you I was in uni and then I came back because they told me about this thing called COVID that could happen or whatever. I was like, okay, great. This thing could happen. By this time, it was like March. The US had already entered lockdown. A couple of days later, the UK entered lockdown. So I was like, you know, Nigeria, we like to do follow, follow. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was I was like, oh, this is definitely going to touch Nigeria soon. I have a bunch of film. I have my camera. I'm in this house. Let me just do something. So I've always wanted to... So my friend Faith, although she's a, she used to do photography like a lot. And she used to shoot everyday people in Nigeria. Mm. And I used to always admire her work and be like, how are you able to just go out and just, you know, connect with... Because you can see in the photos, like, it wasn't a thing where, like, she was taking advantage of people who were mm. like living in a rough times. Like you can see the joy in kids' face. Like they yeah. were happy to, she was connecting with them in a way that yeah. you can tell this is real portraiture. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, you know, some people just come and go, but like there was a connection you could see through the images. And I, was, I always wanted to do that. So when I was in Nigeria, I was like, you know what? Lockdown is literally going to be in a couple of days. I know, it, I just feel it. While I still have my camera and I still have, you know, some rolls of film and I'm literally not doing anything at home. Let me go out and, you know, try and just take pictures of people. So I had a friend of mine, um, his name was EA, and he's Yoruba. So I was like, bro, see, if I speak to these guys, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not going to go down very easily. So could you please just follow me? Let's just, you know, meet some people. 
if they don't know English or anything, you can please help me out, talk to them in Yoruba, okay. stuff like that. But essentially, I wanted to go around and talk to these people and ask them about what they did. You know, um, I spoke about like, okay, there's this thing called lockdown that's happening because of COVID. It could happen soon where you're not allowed to leave your house. How do you feel about oh, it? Yeah, then the allergy was like... Yeah, yeah, so then like, even this guy that like, he sells bamboos, sticks, like, mind you, I li- like whenever I'm in Lagos, um, like in between London and uni, I stay in my friend's house and every time we drive, I see like these slams. So I'm walking around, I'm seeing people that I have been seeing all the time. I just right. never really kind of, you know. So there's this guy, he's, he's like, he was selling bamboo sticks. I was able to talk with him. He told me he's been doing it for like 20 plus years, sent his kids through school, through it, you know. And like, I would have conversations with these people. And then at the end, I'd be like, you know, I really love connecting with you. Can I please take a picture? Mm-hmm. I'll take a picture. And so like a lot of time people are just like, oh, what's it for? This is, are you the news? I was like, no, like I honestly, I don't know what it's for, but like, I just want to, have been, be creative yeah. and active rather than just being at home and doing nothing right so i shot this in march and i wasn't able to see the photos until like december at the end of the year because oh, you can't right. there was nowhere to process the film right. so when i had all these images i was like you know what i remember some of these conversations let me just kind of make it just make a project about it and yeah. um that's how it came about do you have a favorite project definitely finding common ground mm. definitely mm. I'm working on one now. Ooh, I feel like exclusive. hopefully that'll be <laughs> hopefully that'll be um my favorite one too, because that definitely Can we get a little sneak peek. <laughs> um I'll say it's probably gonna be you know how artists are like, oh yeah, it's gonna be my, my most personal work. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, <laughs> a lot of the projects I have done have been about my life in some regard, whether it's how I see the world or how it's society and how it makes me feel. I had one called my Brother's Keeper, mm. which is very much talking about how I felt about life after uni and just like, what next and stuff like that. So they tend to be reflections of what I'm going through at the time. Right. But this one I'm working on has been one that like, I've actually sat on it for a over a, a year. And it's just been one where it's like, let me live life first and then talk about my experiences through images, I guess. Mm. So it's very personal, very, I guess, deep. But um, very much in the still in the early stages of it to some degree, but like, yeah, hopefully it's one that comes out soon. So, Looking forward to that. Yeah. See me, I'm like, I'm like this, I'm actually like, man, shy, like, <laughs> low-key, like, Is this enough. the first time you like, said it publicly? Oh, yeah, definitely the first time. I've, I, I mean, I've mentioned this to friends and stuff before, right. but like, I'm never actually like, I like yeah. to shock people, you know? I feel like people nowadays, there's no more struggle value, you know? Yeah. Like, niggas would be like, yo, bro, like, don't sleep on me. Like, you know, like, we're cooking something, making movies silence, da, 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 da. And it's like, okay, cool, like, we hear you and everything. But, like, I like to do that thing where it's like, okay, let me actually, like, process everything away from public perception. Yeah. Let me not entice anyone. Like, when I'm ready to bring it, bring it out, bring it out. Okay. But, like, yeah, I'm working on personal projects right now, so. Exciting. What has been the most profound moment for you? Two situations. First foremost, the Arsenal shoot. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to say that and I wanted to talk about it. I knew you were going to say yeah, that. Yeah, no, 100%. Answer. Like nothing can, even like, I'm telling you now, 30 years from now, that is probably going to be one of the most profound moments, honestly, for me. How was it when you got the call? Like, So it was a very organically made project. Like for years now, I've been looking at uh, social media and like every, like usually during the like off season or like, right 
it was usually preseason where like they go abroad and stuff like that. It's very much like more casual, it's not like so sporty. So there was a time they were in LA and they like had this photographer from, from the UK fly out there and shoot them on film. And like, I just really loved the feel of it. So I was like, who is the person behind this? Like, because it's definitely not like the manager or whatever. Like, yeah. they have a team of people who like see, you know, creatives and kind of put them on and stuff like that. But because it's an institution like Arsenal, they're not going to credit everybody in like the post and stuff. So I was like, who, who does this? Like, who? So I can't remember how, I really wish I do. But I can't remember. But I stumbled across that creative agency. Right. And when I did, I was like, you know, I have to send an email, I have to send a portfolio and everything. So like, so I was like, okay, I was writing this email. I was like, okay, be as formal as possible. <laughs> and at the point, I just kind of hit backspace. And I was like, no, let me just be real. Like, mm. I'm not going to lie. I've been looking for you guys for a very long time. <laughs> I'm a lifelong Arsenal fan. I've been following them since I was like, what, five years old. And I know that you guys work on their projects. Like, this is my work. Like, let's meet and talk about it. So... They were like, yeah, we're like, we love your energy. Da, 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 da. Let's have a meeting. I met with them day before my birthday, just kind of showed them my portfolio. And they're like, oh yeah, we love you. You're going to definitely have your man for stuff. And then like, long story short, a couple of jobs came along, but like they just kind of didn't fall through. Like it just one reason or the other. Like the first one was too soon from the meeting. So like they couldn't, it was like, you couldn't just kind of push me into that. Yeah. Second one, I was supposed to do it for them, but then Arsenal as a whole decided to do it independently and away from the agency. Right. So like, that was like a Christmas shoot, something like that. So I was just kind of like, okay, cool. Let me show, let me just be patient. Like, I love the fact that these guys are like, keeping me in mind. It's mm. not like they just forgot about me, mm-hmm. which tends to happen a lot. Yeah. So like, let me just be cool and casual about it, right? Then one day I was just playing football, ironically. And then when I finished, um, just checked my phone, I was like, oh, we'd love to have you for a meeting. And I was like, yeah, sure, set up the Google Meet. And like, you know how if you do a Google Meet, you can see the name of the meeting beforehand. Oh, yeah. I just saw Arsenal H23, 24. I was like, <laughs> I was like, but you know, the thing is with these kind of things, it's like there's so many jobs that come your way and they, for one, one reason or another, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. So I'm so used to not like celebrating too early. Right. So I just had to play it cool, like, you know, go through that process, you know, and... Yeah, when the shoot day happened, I was very chill. Like, I don't really ever feel pressure to do anything, like, ever. But then I remember my assistant, he was just like, you know, this is like your favorite club ever. Like, this is like a big shoot. And I was like, like 10 minutes before there was, I was supposed to start photographing. I was like, (laughs) it hit me all at once. Yeah. But it wasn't like, he didn't say it in a way to put pressure. It was just kind of like, yeah, just to like excite. Exactly. But um, no, the shoot went great. I was really sad because that day of the shoot, Bukayo Saka was sick. Mm. So I was like, damn, I'm not getting to photograph him, but whatever. Then, um, you did w- in the end though, did you? Oh, so, okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So a week, they told me like it was going to come out like around this time. They didn't okay. give me a specific date, but like around this like mid-May or something like that. I like, can't remember. So then like literally a week before it was supposed to come out, again, I was playing football. Oh, wow. Same place, everything. Picked up my phone again. It was the first day. They were like, do you want to we have a special kind of thingy to do. Like, we want to talk about it on a call. Are you free tomorrow? I was like, I'm free. Like, there's nothing <laughs> I could possibly be doing that could make me say, sorry, I can't jump yeah. in a meeting. But like, I jumped in and they're like, yeah, so we, you know, we didn't get to shoot because like, but like, we wanted to like do a little kind of launch with him as well. Da, 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 da. So literally the week before, the Monday, had to shoot him, Tuesday, edit, Wednesday, something. Like, it was very quick. Right. And then Friday it all came out and I was like, wow. 
It's but so like, cute. Yeah. When he came on, like I saw the comments on Instagram. Everyone was like, Claire, come come. <laughs> you know what it was? Like, everyone was so happy for you. And it was so nice to see because university, I mean, it is a big deal, but also knowing that you are an Arsenal fan as well. Yeah. It's like I was so happy because circle. I feel like, you know, one thing I love about our people is that we're very supportive. Yeah. We're very supportive. And I was remember when I, that came out. So many people that like even guys I haven't spoken to in years, but like yeah. knew from my uni days, the struggles I'll go through, which mm. is kind of like I knew you would do this. You know, I was like, and it was like really <laughs> sweet. And I was like, yeah. I remember the day the kit launched. I went to the shop just to see, like you know, I saw my picture on like literally like billboards on the stadium kind of thing. I bought my brother, my dad the kit. Funny enough, I, did, I don't have one for myself, but like oh. I bought them a kit. And it was just like really wholesome, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, like, this is crazy. I remember the picture on my post where I'm standing behind the billboards. I literally had to ask a stranger, like, hey, okay, could you please take a little it. picture of me? Because like, I went by myself, <laughs> innit? Yeah. But um, yeah, man, like literally nothing will really kind of, I, God willing, there is something that does top that. But like yeah. for me, no, I just, it will. Um, it's, just, it's going to go beyond your Thank you. Yeah. But I just made a piece of like, yeah, this is definitely like a lifetime shoot, you know, like yeah. one of those shoots you want to, like, yeah, that's, that's the project. Amazing. Thank you. Okay, we have like five minutes left. Serious? I know. I didn't get to... Up. <laughs> All right, no worries. What are your other interests outside of photography? <sighs> what? <laughs> when people ask me that, I just it just makes me realize how much I kind of fully invest into photography. Yeah. Um, what am I I mean, I'm into sports. Like really, this is the thing. If you ask a... 12 year olds this question they'll give you the same response yeah I'm into sports <laughs> I kind of I like gaming to some degree okay I'm very much a holistic person so I try to learn about things that kind of help how I think and how I see the world and how I see people I'm very big on like psychology yeah I was supposed to study that there was like a second choice to engineering or was it a first something like that but like I'm very big on understanding just how we work as humans how we yeah. operate how both the physical and the spiritual level of things. And um, I tend to like, if I'm reading books, it's usually just on that that science, that science yeah. can't prove, you know? Yeah. From there, I guess, you know, I'm very, this year I've been putting a lot of priority on my health. Mm. So um, a lot more kind of physical activity, a lot more stuff in the gym, mobility, stuff like that. This year, I'm like, I need to actually put some work on my hair. Like, I've neglected it. The way it's just like, I've been growing it for some, but like, I've just not been putting it, like, I've not been prioritizing my hair care and stuff like that. So just yeah. random things that like, yeah. I've just been looking at how to develop myself. But yeah, I'll say those things, really. What about you? Now that we have like three minutes. Oh, okay. What I'm into outside of? Podcasts and, yeah. Um, I love fashion. What type of fashion? Because I'm big on fashion love, too. Yeah, for me, I just love like the creativity of like putting an outfit together. Okay. I love finding like new niche brands. If you could wear one brand for the rest of your life, would it be? Right now, I'll say Coperni. Interesting. Coperni's not a brand that I usually, or a house that I usually hear people say, because yeah. I know them for like their accessories. That's Coperni. Can we also give a round of applause for how amazing she looks today? Thank you. When you told me it was going to be on video, I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, you know what? Today, I was like, you know, let me just look normal. You know? 
Let me just be. Well, you've definitely put that shit on today. Oh, I saw your bag you. is Capelli, right? How'd you know? I'm, I told you, I'm big on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, like I love fashion, yeah. like fashion photography. Something I I love. I actually love the fashion photography work you've done. I haven't done enough. Yeah, but. The most recent ones, I think, like your first Thank two, you. three. Pictures. Definitely something yeah. I'm trying to enter, but like I'm huge I really on fashion. Like, yeah, I really like fashion. Okay, Capone, that's interesting. Mm, it'll probably change in like a year, but I think mm, right now, right. definitely, it's like my vibe. Okay. Oh, sorry. What else am I into? No, <laughs> my God, I'm gonna come off so shallow. <laughs> um, sleeping. Real again. <laughs> You know how people are just like, oh no, like I have really a lot of trouble sleeping. I'm like, uh, no, how? I like, fall asleep like this, bro. Yeah, eating. Mm. I like cooking sometimes when I'm in the mood. Okay. I like trying new things. I like traveling. Would you say you're an adventurous person? Yeah. So like, are you big on like hikes and? Oh, not hikes. You're a city girl then. Yeah, I'm glamping. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a huge nature. Not, uh, yeah, not that. But I, I like like spontaneity. Really. I hate the city. I mean, it's cool. I like a balance. Like, Fair enough, yeah. yeah. I would love to, like, you know, cycling. I'm, I love cycling, you mm. know. If I could just do more outdoor stuff, um, big on that. But yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, we always end the podcast with four questions that's inspired by a Japanese concept, which Ooh. is in my logo. It's called Ikigai. Yeah, I know that. And Oh, yeah, oh, you know, oh, wow. The idea of breaking things down and then, like, piecing it's it together. It's basically like... um. So there's a Venn diagram and the whole idea is that when you achieve the four different things in the Venn diagram, okay, see me, I was wrong. it's it yeah. contributes to your purpose. Okay. So it's basically like the idea of like little bits that contribute to your purpose, right? Beautiful, yeah. So really quickly, what do you love? Life. Mm, love that. <laughs> what are you good at? Creating. What do you think you can be paid for outside of photography? Teaching. Okay. What do you think the world needs? Patience. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good one. And yeah. no one has said that. No, patience is important. Wow. We're too fast in this world, you know? Wow. We're way too fast. If you look at the idea of like empathy, you know, empathy comes from a place of patience where you're slow enough to be like, let me look at it from their perspective and gain an understanding. I feel like we need more patience. Even just to digest, even art. Mm-hmm. I wish people that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. looked at my work for like, and their phone froze for like five minutes, mm. you know, before the patience. Mm. That's what I say. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was really, really good. That Thank really you. has me thinking. Wow, that's so true. But yeah, Kemka, honestly, I wish we had longer. This is so good. I mean, we could have. Oh yeah, sorry. It was actually my fault. I was late. But you'll be back. It was our fault. We'll, we'll be, be back. back. Definitely. Yeah, we'll I love definitely talking. Do. Happy. I'm happy. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I love you guys. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good Click the link. <laughs> click the link. Click the link. That's um, it. I've always wanted to do that, you know. Oh, yeah. Click the link down below. Yeah. Mwah. No bars. That shows us the time to wrap it up now, okay? <laughs> you ate that. Thank you so, oh so, so God. much. No,